You're listening to the Superman Super Show episode 59 in the grip of Morpheus. And no, not the guy from the Matrix. Hello and welcome to the Superman Super Show. I'm a host. My name is Ed and a thousand miles over there to my left is another host, Mr. Stephen Orr. Hello. It's trying to do Lenny and Squiggy. Yes. Hello. Uh, hello. So I, I have a question. This is a uh, how, how do you feel kind of question. Okay. Are you interested in reading comic book stories where superheroes do not have superpowers? Yeah. I mean, Batman doesn't no, have superpowers. Blue Beetle didn't have superpowers. I'm referring to what they do. If Superman lost his powers, would you be interested oh. in reading about a depowered or unpowered Superman, however you want to phrase it? Yeah, I mean, in the end, it's going to depend on what they do with that, you know, type of story. It's 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 been done over and over and over, um, but I, it depends on the character because certain characters, I'm always going to give them a chance. Okay, you know, it, ha have you noticed in the past, I don't know, five or ten years, that there are more stories about what would it be like if so and so didn't have their powers? Yeah, uh, there's like a, a a whole crop of writers that that seems to be, if not what they want to write, it's what it's the only idea they can come up with to write. I, I don't know which one it yeah. is. Yeah, it's either that or they uh, do a, a basically a, a Superman type character who is bad. Yeah, you know that's, that's the other thing. What would you know? What would happen if Superman turned bad? Basically, and that's. It's like, yeah, that was fun the first couple of times, but after a while, it gets old. I'll step up here on the on the hill, and and I'll I'll plant my flag right in the middle of the hill. I have no interest in reading about depowered superheroes. Yeah, if you want to write about a depowered superhero, like you said, write about Batman, write about Green Arrow, write about a third to half of the quote unquote superheroes. But to me, the thing that makes Billy Batson, interesting, is the fact that he is Shazam. Yeah. What makes Clark Kent interesting is the fact that he is Superman. Because if you want to read or write about Clark Kent, you don't need to. You can read or write about some character that was invented that is a newspaper yeah. reporter that is not a superhero. You can read about a middle, middle grades junior high-ish character trying to make his way through junior high without superpowers because they have been written about. The thing that makes the superhero is the super part. Yeah. And to me, it's like, well, if you want to write about Superman, then you you write about Superman. Um, a Superman without well, powers is not Superman. It He's somebody yeah. else. It, it, so I just, I, I have... I have no interest in that. It doesn't interest me. It's yeah. So, you know, it's one of those tropes that um, it's been done so often that, yeah, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it's not as interesting as maybe the first time something like that happened. You know, you're reading Spider-Man for, for six years and then suddenly they do a, a story arc where he loses his powers. Oh my God, what's Spider-Man going to do? You know, the first time that happens as a reader, you're like, 
oh, this is really cool what they've done here, you know? Sure, he'll get his powers back, but what's he going to do, you know, without his powers? That's what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man. And so it's one of those tropes that is a really fun and interesting idea the first two or three times maybe you run across maybe. it. And yeah. so I, I would just have to assume that those kind of stories nowadays probably have more interest to younger readers who haven't run across that kind of thing as often. Okay. You know, the kind of reader that would come up to you in a comic book store and go, Oh, have you read the new Superman? They, they, they took his powers away. And it's like, yeah, they've done that like 12 times already. <laughs> I've read yeah. it before, but to them, it's like, wow, look at this crazy stuff. But I don't, I haven't been reading enough new comics recently to, to notice if that's a thing at this point, but. There was an announcement today of a new book coming out, and it described a group of characters who are known to be on um, – oh, I can't remember. The, the, the phrase is uh, fighting those foes that single heroes – or something like that. I, I forget what it is, but it's, a, it's a characters from a, a team, but it's going to be written on a street-level – uh, detective kind of mode. Oh yeah. Okay. That's and, um. And yeah, I was, the, the, it's that new Avengers. Yeah. Book. And and yeah, I was like, didn't... um, no. Uh, and and it's not the characters, and it's not the writer. You know, I had people uh, when I said I had no interest. They're like, oh, you know, I'll follow this writer into the fire because he's proven. And I'm like, well, he may be proven. The story still sucks. I'm oh, sorry. That's not what I said. That's what I thought inside. Um, but, you know, I, I just, and and it's happened, you know, I thought the same thing about, um, I don't think it was the same writer, but about a, a writer who did this kind of thing with The Vision. Um, he did this kind of thing with Mr. Miracle. Uh, he did this kind yeah, of Tom thing King, with, yeah. you know, it's been just character after, and I'm like, dog, I, no, you know. Yeah, it for something like that, it, it, it's, it, there's, it's always going to have like qualifiers for me. So for example, if Superman, if I'm not, if I haven't been reading Superman in a while and they announce that in the, in the upcoming arc in Superman, they're going to take away his powers. That's not going to get me to start reading Superman again. That's not something that's going to make me go, Oh, I'll go, let's see what happens. Right. But I'll, I'll say, first of all, that this new Avengers book, it didn't, I, I, I kind of went, nah, that, that's not for me. Um, but at the same time, if a, a writer comes up and says, I'm going to do this mini series about this character that you're used to doing this, but I'm going to put a spin on it. It's in a separate universe. It's not in the regular universe. Exactly. You know, I just kind of want to play around with this. Depending on what it might be, it might pique my interest. Um, you know, you, we're going to use Tom King as an example. The vision, I I thought it was interesting for the first couple of issues, and then I I didn't. Um, I've tried to read Mister Miracle, and I just don't get it. But yet, his Adam Strange just was. I thought it was great. Okay. Um, his Human Target, I thought was great. Uh, so he's kind of hit and miss with me. But um, I mean, I liked Adam Strange and the Human Target so much that I'm like, maybe I should try. Mr. Miracle again. Oh, Maybe right, I just yeah. wasn't in the right headspace, but I, I haven't. Maybe I you'll haven't, get it so. this time. Yeah. But I've heard other people talk about Mr. Miracle. I think Brian Salazar 
uh, a few months ago on Around Comics was talking about how he he didn't get Mr. Miracle yeah. and he he's read it a couple of times. Yeah, so, I just yeah. you know I don't know I, I'm kind of a a a stickler. You know when I when I read superhero yeah, comics no, I, that they they need to be superhero. I totally comics, get it. You know if yeah. if you want to write that story whatever it is, that's fine. Use other characters that aren't superheroes, or heaven forbid, make up your own character. I, I mean, you know, yeah. we we can't do that nowadays. We have to use somebody else's stuff. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's so many other outlets other than taking, you know, Thor and taking his hammer away and making him a, a in his in his mom's basement with with a uh, an overextended stomach looking like some. But it's like. Yeah, no, uh, it just no. Yeah, it, yeah. I, I I saw the ad for that Avengers book, and I just kind of went, I, I I don't. Yeah, that, I didn't know what it what it was about. It just didn't it it didn't hold any appeal to me for me. But when you when you talk about it like that, though, when I start thinking about, well, what if they did do a a story about the Avengers from a different universe, and it's Steve Rogers, and it's Janet Van Dyne, and it's uh, you know, and they in this universe, there are no superpowers. And yet they still okay. meet up. They still f- fulfill that destiny of being heroes. Right. But they that sounds very interesting. It just, it just depends on who's doing it and how they do it and how the pitch hits me, well, you well, know. But the whole thing is that it's in a different universe, which means yeah. to me, it means there is no expectation of any kind of continuity. Okay. Yep. You know, I have been reading way too long and they have existed way longer than that. There's a butt ton of continuity. And and I, yeah. I can't just ignore that. I can't just set that aside. Now you say, well, no, these aren't, you know, the characters you've read. They're those characters from another universe. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. You can do whatever you want with them. It, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter to me. So yeah, it's 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 But when they when they change a character like that in their in in the the main universe it's kind of like when they killed superman you know everybody was there was a lot of people freaking out oh my god they killed superman heck they even did it when they killed captain america 10 years ago right. oh my god they killed. it's like really you, you don't know that he's gonna be back <laughs> yeah, yeah. you don't understand that because um, that's just fundamental for comics you know <laughs> they're not gonna kill how crazy would DC have to be to just go, you know what? We're not going to publish Superman comics anymore. We're going to kill him and we're just going to yeah. move on and create new characters. No, they're never going to do that. So, but, uh, you know, newer readers, I guess, you know, that th- those are the kind of stunts, he says in air quotes, that they're going to do for to 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 try to pull in new. Right. Readers, yeah. Basically. Yeah. Just for, for us, it doesn't do anything. For set, set them like the announcement recently that there's going to be a new ultimate universe. That's yeah. that's fine. You do whatever you want with those characters. Do it for the kids. Do it for the old timers. Do it, whatever. Doesn't matter. You know. But. See, I, I, I've said many times because um, I really like the idea of the ultimate universe. You know, I like the idea of all right. You've got your your regular six one six. You know, you still read Spider Man stories that are set in the six one six, but they're gonna do this ultimate universe where it's like, what if? The Marvel Universe started over, was created today. I think both Marvel and DC need to do that like every 10 years. They need to okay. keep going with their regular continuity, but 
start a new universe that, you know, because I, I find that kind of stuff interesting, how other people might handle a character like Superman if you didn't have all that continuity. It, it, if you could start him from exactly. scratch, what would you do? From the beginning, but knowing what you yeah. know with no continuity. But then after five years, it's like, all right, now you've got five years of continuity. Let's blow this world up and start over with the new exactly. one. Exactly. But we still have the established one out there doing its thing. Yep. Just right? like it always has, which has worked, yeah. right? I mean, they're still there after 80 yep. years. They must have exactly. something right. So, yep. okay. But it, it is true. I've, I've read it before that it's like if there, I, I've read many times where people have basically said if when a writer gets on Superman that doesn't get Superman, typically what they do is they take away his powers. So, because they think that the only way that the regular, that a reader can relate to who Superman is, is to humanize him and bring him down to our level. And it's like, no, that's not why we're reading Superman. That's we, we or I'll say I, I don't relate. That's why yeah, I read exactly. Superman. He's an alien. Yeah. I'm not an alien. He has superpowers. Yep. I don't have superpowers. That's why I read him. That's the, that, yeah. you know, that's, that's why that's whenever I, point. yeah, that's why whenever I read stories where they say, do you, uh, Warner Brothers hasn't made a Superman movie because they don't think that people relate to Superman because he's so powerful. And it's like, you know, that just means you don't get Superman. Exactly. That's what that means because we want to see Superman fighting giant robots. That's what we want to see in a yep. Superman movie. We want to see him. And now let's just do another land deal with let's fly Superman. a planet backwards and turn back time. And, yeah, so, you know, that's exactly. what we want. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. If you say that you don't think yeah, that. Yeah. We want to relate. Yeah, if we want to relate to a character on a human level, that's what Batman and Green Arrow are for. Maybe. Maybe. I can't do the yeah. shit that Batman yeah. does or, or Green Arrow well, for right. that matter. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. no, I, we're, we're going to, uh, you know, if, if I want to relate, I'll relate to um, Judge Harry or, uh, you know, so it's like, no, that's closer to what I'm going to be able to relate to yeah. than, than any yeah. comic book. It's, yeah. Which is that's why point. I think Marvel's. Yeah, I think that's why Marvel's did so well because it was told from the perspective of a of a regular person watching all this amazing stuff happening around. Them. Right. Yeah. You know, they didn't. They they were able to get you as a reader to, um, you know, relate to the main character without changing anything that the superheroes were doing. Yep. That's that that's what a good writer does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm not going to say anything about a good writer. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Um, today we're going to look at Grip, the the Grip or Grip, the Grip of Morpheus, which appears in Action Comics number 31. This was written for us by Jerry Siegel and drawn for us by Mr. Jack Burnley. Uh, I don't think we've run across Jack in a little bit. Action Comics 31 has a cover date of December 1940 and an approximate on-sale date of October 24th, 1940. Uh, this information coming to us from Mike's Amazing World of Comics. And quickly, here is what happened in the story. Clark and Lois drive through the town of Brentville and discover everyone has been put to sleep. Lois also falls asleep, causing Clark to call the police for help. When the police arrive, they also fall asleep. Clark uses a gas mask to move around town and gives one to Lois also, which revives her. They find a bank robbery in progress conducted by some crooks in gas masks. 
More police arrive wearing gas masks. They take the robbers along with Lois and Clark into custody. The police don't believe that the reporters, that's Lois and Clark, are not associated with the gang that was robbing the bank, so they all get locked up. Clark escapes, says Superman, and traces the malady to a gas invented by Professor Hunter. He's been kidnapped by some spies led by Baron Munzdorf. After killing his associate, Munzdorf tries to kill Superman with a death ray, but instead is killed himself. Professor Hunter explains everything to the authorities, which results in the release of Lois and Clark and their gas masks. <laughs> For me, this probably was the most entertaining of the three stories of the evening. Uh, I agree. A really, for what we have been reading, really unique concept. The motivation for the concept is the same as they have been, but the the actual concept and the execution of it is, uh, okay, yeah. it, it put me in mind of, of some kind of freaky movie from the 80s or something like that about, yep. you know, driving into town. Um, who Who's the dude that does all of the weird movies? He did the Tommyknockers. Kamalayan or Shyamalan, Shyamalan, Shama. Oh, M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah. It, one of his movies, it seems like, where, you yeah. know, people are just driving. Oh, yeah. we're, we're following Betty and Barney, yeah. and they're just driving, and, and everybody's asleep yeah. in the town. Oh, coming, yeah, and then coming Betty to a small falls town asleep. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. It, it very much, you know, some 80s, maybe made for TV kind of movie. And, uh, the the one where the plants are doing it, it's the plants' fault, oh, which yeah. is very plants, very man. similar to this. But Plant, plants are fighting back. Yep. I think the the thing though that that made it even better was you know the the really the whole purpose behind them in the, the bad guys being in the town is they're trying to get the formula uh, for this um, anesthetic gas mm -hmm. from this guy and. He, the 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 main bad guy his his henchmen decide hey while we're here let's go ahead and let this stuff loose in town so everybody falls asleep so we can rob a bank and the main the the, the big boss is pissed off about that right. because He's like, that's not what we're here because for because they do that yeah that's what alerts you know <laughs> people that there's something going on it's and I, I that I thought was very clever it was a very clever thing to to add to it. yep all right so uh, just. Very close to what the synopsis says, uh, we, we start the story with Lois and, and Clark um, going to Brentville for a vacation for Lois, and actually she apparently has invited Clark along. So uh, this may be the nicest to date that Lois has been to Clark. Well, he's not actually, he's not going on vacation with her. He's just, he's taking her to the town. He's basically driving her there so yeah. she can have her vacation and then he's leaving right. so yeah that's of right of course she's being nice to him because that's, that's a, you know that's a ride that's a big thing <laughs> yeah so they're driving through town and they pass uh first they pass the general store and everybody's sitting on the stoop of the general store as people are wont to do just sit on the stoop uh but they're all asleep and then next thing you know clark realizes that lois is asleep Driving along, driving along. Oh, well, here's a car that's crashed on a bridge and is about to fall off because the driver is asleep. So Clark gets out and he supermans the car back up on the bridge and uh, doesn't do anything about the, the 
doesn't do anything to try to help anybody, even though he knows they're all unconscious. Um, he does stop at a fire station on the way through to a house on the outskirts of town, which um, apparently is where they were going to begin with. I don't know why this house becomes a target. It, it just it was it. It felt to me like the one of those big super coincidences that only happen in stories like this because it's like he said, "Here's a here's a house at the at outskirts that will probably be a good house for me to go to." And because maybe it hasn't affected them and I can call the cops and it just happens to be the one house right. in the entire town that the bad guys are yeah, at, that, the, that aren't affected. He was right there, but it's because yeah. it's where the bad yeah. guys are. Yeah. Um, I do like the gas masks that they draw. They're, they're, they're really cool Great. looking. <laughs> I've never seen a gas mask like that. No. It, it is, yeah. The, the, they wear on their torso as well. As yeah, well yeah, as it's it's, it's just it's probably one of the cooler looking gas masks I've seen. Uh, but yeah, so he he stops. He figures uh, somewhere along the way, I guess. Um, there's something very strange going on. Everyone's asleep except myself, and I no doubt am immune because of my superhuman powers, he says. But then he makes the leap to the fact that it must be something that they're breathing in. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so he stops at a gas yeah. station and, and grabs, a, grabs a couple oxygen masks, uh, gas masks, they're calling them. Uh, one for him and one for Lois, and w- which, of course, we know that Clark doesn't need one because he's Superman, but he's got to maintain his, his Clarkness, so he, he needs to put one on. Um, they do cover the eyes, though, which is uh, – well, okay – First, it looks like they cover the eyes, but then in in later panels, they don't. There's holes where the eyes go. But at first, it looks like there are goggles built into them as well. Uh, But then there's not, apparently. So either way, the gas masks are still cool. So he stops at the house, asks if he can borrow the phone. You know, something's going on with the town. I need to call the next town's police officers and have them come over here. And in the process, he's interrupted by the occupant who turns out to be the professor, his henchman, who uh, is named Kolb, K-O-L-B. So he he stops Clark from making the call, but not before Clark gets partially through with the call. So the sheriff in the next town realizes something is up because somebody started to say something that sounded kind of weird to him as far as what was going on, and then they were cut off. So either it's because it sounded weird or I would hope more the fact that they were just suddenly cut off that would arouse the officer's uh, curiosity. But Kolb comes up after getting Clark off the phone, and he's going to crown him with a big old pipe wrench, one of the one of the square ones that's got a nice square head on it. Oh, yeah. And uh, being clumsy, Clark kind of uh, says he hits him with his shoulder. Looks to me more like he, he gave him a, one of those wrestling elbow moves and yeah. knocks Kolb out. Cut to the police. They decide, yeah, there was some high weirdness going on, so we're going to send some officers over there anyways. Clark goes back out to the car to check on Lois, who is reviving because she's had the mask on long enough to not breathe in whatever is in the air, and so she's she's resuscitating. They notice uh, while they're driving somewhere, let's see, where is he going? To get more gas masks? No. Drive back onto the main. I don't know. That I was, don't know where they're going. Yeah. They're they're going somewhere, uh, but they pass a car going in the other direction that has four 
thugs, the story says in it, and all of them are wearing gas masks. And uh, I question really that Clark would have been able to see it. Superman, of course, would have been able to see it, but he makes like Clark sees it, tells Lois yeah. what, what he sees, and they're going to follow them. Uh, in the meantime, the policemen from the other town come into town, uh, but they fall asleep because they are just, you know, they don't know anything that's going on. They're just driving around, and so they, they succumb to whatever's going on. Clark sees uh, that their car is running out of control. He uh, Vulcan neck pinches Lois to knock her out and then grabs the policeman's car because they're about to run over a kid that has fallen asleep in the middle of the road. So he yep. he does that, goes back to Lois, reverse Vulcan pinches her and wakes her up uh, <laughs> by, by relieving pressure on the nerve, which is like, yeah. well, don't you relieve pressure on the nerve when you let up on the, doesn't that? Let go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, you know, uh, they're both awake and they hear something and they chase after the sound that they hear and it's the bad guys that they first started, well, they didn't know they were bad guys, but the guys that they first started following the car, but then got sidetracked by saving the little kid that was laying in the roadway, those bad guys were going to do some some foulness. So what they do is they go to the bank, uh, blow up the safe. That's the sound Lois and, and Clark heard. And they're trying to rob the bank. They go in, Clark and Lois, to stop them. Well, actually, Lois goes in to stop them because Clark has veered off to do the Superman thing, uh, minus the phone booth. That doesn't come until years later. But she runs in, and <laughs> the bad guy's like, oh, you want to stop me? Snatch and <laughs> pulls off her gas mask. And, it, you know, by this, she just falls right out. But we've already seen, well, it, it takes a little while, but yeah. in the drawing, they're both there. And then in the in the next one... He's holding her mask and she's laying out on the floor. So, yeah, he's like, I don't even need to mess with you. <laughs> Pulled her mask off. Superman rushes in. Uh, there's some fighty fights. And what does Superman do? Well, he takes their gas mask. He's like, okay, I'll show you. Here, hold my mask. And he uh, so takes them off. And then uh, what happens? Something. He grabs Lois. The, uh, uh, and and he, he takes her out. Uh, but meanwhile, the sun... Attracts people. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. People from out who live out in the country hear the explosion and they come into town, into town and they start falling out, too. So uh, apparently that's, whatever that's this is, is restricted just to the town limits. That's that's yeah. as far as it goes. That's a great panel, though, of all these guys just falling asleep at the same time, because one of them's stretching and he's going ho hum. And then another one's falling and he's going, I'm sleepy. <laughs> yeah. And all of these look like. Something related to sleep. Uh, I, I will give them that. Oh, yeah. You know, it's. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I look at this panel and it makes me want to yawn. There you go. Yep. Not yet. couple more minutes. Cut back to the police. The sheriff in the next town's like, uh, you know, my, my boys haven't called in yet. So you go see what's going on now. And he sends a uh, couple more. Get me men and gas masks. We're being deluged. Good word, by the way. With reports of shenanigans at Brentville. I don't know how they would have gotten word about gas masks being needed because anybody that would have realized that is passed out in town. They're they're not yeah. so yeah. You know, I don't know. I guess somebody saw people running into town and passing out and they're like, Oh, to go in that town you need gas masks. So okay, we'll go with that. 
So Superman sees the new officers coming in now and realizes, oh, I can't be Superman anymore. I got to be Clark Kent. So he puts on his mask. He goes and grabs Lois, who he put a mask on. It takes her longer to recover, apparently, than it is to fall victim to it, which yeah. doesn't necessarily make sense. But uh, So this is where, as the synopsis said, Lois and Clark get rounded up by the police along with the bank robbers. Now, the interesting thing is Lois and Clark have masks on. They were outside the bank. They are just as responsible as the people who are in the bank and unconscious. So I, I don't know, two completely different situations of people, but yet these officers say, well, you're all involved in this, so we're going to take you all yeah. in. I'm just going to... We're going to arrest everybody and figure it out later. Uh, apparently, that's what it is. Yep. Shoot now and ask questions later. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but what they do is they take them to the nearest safe house as far as whatever's going on in town. Turns out to be the same house that Lois and Clark went to that's got the professor and the bad guys in it. Except now, Clark notices that it just has the bad guys in it. He, he doesn't know they're bad guys. but the main point is the professor is not to be seen. He, he's gone. Oh, no, wait a minute. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I messed up the story. Lois and Clark. Uh, Clark is trying to give an alibi, and he's using the professor as his alibi because I called right. you guys originally from the professor's house. So if we go back there, the professor can tell you that I yeah. made that original call because when That's they go, right. the professor's not there. So there's nobody because the bad guy isn't going to back up Clark's story. The professor's yeah. not there Kolb. to back up the story. Yeah, uh, which reminds me of a vegetable, kohlrabi, uh, Kolb. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah. And and he is he is wearing a green coat and pants too, funnily enough. So nobody is there to back up Clark. And, and the, the sheriff from the next town over is like, uh-huh, see, I knew you were involved. Arrest him. And Clark and Lois end up getting cuffed and thrown in a, locked into a room at the local pokey, which is this house where... Apparently, you don't need gas masks, so it must be safe to be. Um, I kept expecting there to be like all of these big mechanical devices and, and hardware and stuff in the basement of the house where they're manufacturing something or something like that. But that's that's not anything that happened in this one. Although we do have somebody squirting hydrocyanic acid through the keyhole yeah. in the door into the room that Lois and Clark are in to... Um, yeah, kill them, a colorless liquid deadly, uh, which cyanide is deadly. So I guess it's hydrocyanide. I, yeah. I don't even know if that's a real thing. I should have looked that up. So uh, this this new gas, which there's you know already enough gas in town, but, but here they're adding new gas to the room. Superman's like, well, I need to get Lois out of here. So he rips the window off, which um, there are bars on the window for some reason, but okay. He rips them off and takes Lois out and says, uh, okay, I'll, I'll put her here in the garage. She'll be safe. She'll be able to uh, sleep, you know, because it's out in the sleepy part of town um, and she'll be safe out of the way. I'll go back to the deal with all these people and find out what's going on with the good guys and the bad guys and the professor and the cops and everybody that's in the house. So Superman goes back and he hangs. This is the only hanging Superman of these three stories. So we have another hanging Superman. He's hanging outside the window as Kolb is talking to Baron Munsdorf, who is the, the big bad guy. And 
Kolb, and there's a third guy here that is uh, no, Dr. Hunter is the professor. I don't know what the name of the third guy is, if he has a name, but there's two bad guys. One of them was Kolb that we originally saw with the professor, and now we know that Kolb actually was watching over the professor because they have the professor tied up in the cellar, and this Baron Munsdorf dude is the real bad guy who Kolb works for. So Superman hears that the professor is in the cellar, um, hops down from his hanging perch, digs down into the cellar, and frees Professor Hunter. Takes him out of the cellar, sets him outside, um, but this must be the good portion of the atmosphere because Hunter doesn't fall asleep, whereas just right over there is the garage where Lois is, and she is still asleep. So, uh, yeah. you know, we, we are fine-tuning uh, the boundary for where this sleepy time and not sleepy time is in the town. And it's right around where this house is. I mean, they're really, really close. They could probably yeah. run out 25, 30 yards and they'd fall out. I mean, they're they're that close. So the uh, Kolb and his, uh, and his henchmen, it says, uh, go down to the cellar to get Hunter. Uh, but of course, they run into the big hole that Superman went through taking Hunter out as they escaped. Well, the foreign uh, dude, Baron Munsdorf, doesn't like that. That's one too many foul-ups by these guys. They have yeah. been responsible for all the foul-ups, and that's too much. So he pulls his gun and he shoots them both, kills them. Yeah. Uh, Superman is there and witnesses this. So he, he sees the man, Munsdorf, kill these guys, and then Munsdorf turns his pistol on Superman. We know that's not going to do anything. But then Munsdorf makes a sudden grab for Professor Huntley's deadly subatomic death ray gun, which was in the cellar, apparently, because that's, that's where they were um, laying there. I don't know. I guess maybe that's where it's cool in the cellar. So like a potato, they were storing the gun like a potato to keep it from growing eyes or something, you know, so, but, but it's there. And uh, Munsdorf grabs it up and shoots Superman with that. We find out that it's it's like a a constant. It's not like a like a laser pistol or something like that. It's kind of like a turn it on and and Superman is bombarded. It's just this ongoing uh, thing of of energy, but it it still has no effect to Superman. And describing it like that will be important because that'll come up again here in a little bit. Um, yeah. So it doesn't affect Superman, and he's like, oh, okay. Well, I I saw you take that chick over to the garage. So here, I'll turn it on the garage and set the garage on fire. And now you have to decide, save her or stop me. So of course, Superman's going to go save her. So he rushes out, gets Superman, uh, Lois, who I, I still have to say is unconscious because she is still in the gassy part of town, you know. Um, so Superman saves her and then rushes back to Munzdorf and Hunter's uh, final uh, conflict between the two. Uh, the the Baron still has this atomic gun. Superman streaks down and he says, "My body will absorb the electric discharge." And and so he he throws his arm and hand in the uh, line of fire of the gun, and the energy hits him and not Professor Hunter. And the lethal force of the death ray blasts back from the Man of Steel to the body of Munsdorf, because Superman seems to reach out to maybe grab him, 
and like, you know, like yeah. how we do with our wives, you know, in a winter, we'll walk around rubbing our feet on the carpet and then we'll go up to the wife and say, book and just touch your ear and you'll get the, yeah. yeah. That's kind of what Superman does. You know, he's got the, the mega static charge and when he touches the Baron, it like it fries the Baron, kills him. Superman, here's here's a quip for you. That's one less spy for the country to worry about. As he just killed a man, but okay. Yeah. So he changes back to Clark, uh, goes and checks on Lois. He he must drag her to the portion of the property that is not gassy because she wakes up. Well, I think um, because when they, okay, so when they were originally in that room together, he give he uh, gives her another neck pinch. He does it twice in this oh, story. Oh, that's why she's and unconscious. So that's, that, okay. Yeah, that's why she's unconscious okay. this whole time. That's right. Yeah, so it's not the town gas. Yeah, he he Vulcan pinches her. That's right. Wakes her up. Uh, they have a final uh, talky-talk with Professor Hunter and the sheriff from next-door town. And uh, at the end here, uh, Clark tells her, now, Lois, you can continue your vacation. And she says, nothing doing. Drive me back to Metropolis. You're not going to get all the credit for this story. Wah, wah. So. No, but the, the, the sheriff sure took credit, though, didn't he? I reckon I solved that mystery in a hurry. There you go. Yeah, Sheriff. You need a new jack. Yeah, you did a lot. You drove into town and uh, that was about it. That's yeah. So it just it it had a, a really different flavor to me, especially yeah. compared to the previous two we had just read, but compared to the previous quite a while. It it just had this uh, it more of a kind of a a homebrew sci-fi kind of feel. This yeah. this gas that they've released that's knocking everybody out and the uh, subatomic ray gun here and the you you throw in well why is anybody interested in it because they're a foreign spy and and it just had a a real um, movie serial kind of sci fi feel yeah. to this story the others they they could be the main features of the movie because they're dealing with. The mob and and money and you know all of these things. This one was like you know it's it's not about money. It's about having weapons and so yeah, de- different different feel yeah. to it. Yeah, it's like they're they're walking the line between the the mob stories and the mad scientist villain story. Yeah, yeah, not really going. They like, just took them both and combined. Yeah, them. not going a hundred percent on either one. They're shuffling right. the two of them together to get, give us something different. Baron Munsdorf. Wonder whatever happened to him and Professor Hunter. Um, you know, he he's a pretty I, cool I dude. I have to ad- so. Yeah, and he's got a purple suit. Yeah. Yeah, really. Professor knows how to dress. I have to admit that throughout this entire I I enjoyed it. This was my favorite of the three. Yes. Mine too. Um, but throughout the entire story I kept asking myself, well, who when are we going to meet Morpheus? Who's Morpheus? And by the end of the story I'm like, we never met Morpheus. And so I went back to the beginning and I I looked cuz you know, the name Morpheus is in the title of the story. And I looked at the the opening panel and we have another one of those, like the the previous issue with a, a fun opening to so the, the somber hand of Morpheus grips a small town, leaving all its inhabitants helpless until Superman frees the city of its strange spell and shatters the evil clique who caused it. And so I was like, well, is, is Morpheus some kind of god or something? I looked it up and yeah, he's like a, Greek god of sleep, sleep and dreams yes, or something. And, yeah. He, that, and that so, is the name of the Sandman, Morpheus. Yeah. 
So at that point, I'm like, well, I wonder, did, does everybody, did they just know that back then that they could, you know, most people, the average Joe just knew who Morpheus is, Morpheus yeah. is a Greek god of sleep and dreams, I, you know? I don't know. But I, because, because I didn't know right off the bat. Yeah. I was, I was confused through most of the, most of the story. They did a really good job of kind of just throwing it all at you without any explanation until they get to the end. Like who, who the frick is Kolb? Right. You know, why is he even there with the professor? The professor seems to trust what I don't understand what's going on. And they do eventually, they don't do like a big wrap up, which was kind of nice. They don't just take an entire page to explain everything to you. They do kind of piece it out mm-hmm. as you're going through the story. So that was kind of cool. But yeah, you learn that uh, the bank robbery was not the goal right. in the first place. Yeah, yeah. It was like a side hustle of the bad guys. Um, Kolb had gotten hired as the professor's assistant so that he could keep an eye on him and try to get this uh, formula from him. Right. Hey, Billy D's back. I'm back. He's back. But it's not yeah, this was a this was a good one. This was a fun one. And Jack Burnley, dude knows how to draw some Superman. There's one particular panel in here when uh the 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 bad guy, the the, the Baron whatever is shooting at him with the the ray. Baron Munchausen. And there's just this yeah, Baron Munchausen. <laughs> it's just the Superman with like these this crackling stuff behind him and he's there's there's this shadowy red shadowy thing on the side of his face. It's a really good panel. Yes, that's the same panel that I was going to point out. Uh, when when the Baron has shot him, and he's like absorbing that 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 scene, half the yeah. face, half his body. You could you can see that the energy is flickering from over here because the shadows are cast. Yeah. And yeah, that that was just a, a really well structured panel. I thought that was that was really cool. I'm going to swap my headphones out real quick because these things are dying. Okay. And for those of you that don't know, the uh, intruder there is uh, Kitsune. That's one of my cats. So he had to make an appearance. He heard us talking about Steven's cats. And so he had to make an appearance. You good? Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. 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 A, B, C, D, F, G, elemental P's. Um, Elemental P's. Yeah. Just. I I just of the three, uh, this is probably my favorite story of the three for tonight. So, and, yeah, and it I is- really, I really, I dug how you described it as an M Night Shyamalan. That as soon as you said that, it just that is exactly what the what the whole first half of this story is like. Isn't that, yeah, that's just kind of the feel, the, the kind of feel that he does, of course, because. He's yeah. he's younger. <laughs> they they would have had no clue. But yeah, when I was reading right. this, I'm like, what? Yeah, just driving into town and seeing everybody's asleep and what it's like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's yeah. an eighties made for TV or DV direct horror movie <laughs> is is what that is. Yeah, because I, I mean here's the thing. When I was reading it, to me at first it almost came off kind of silly because Clark even says at one point when they first Sleepy town is right. Everyone seems to be taking a snooze around here. And yep. And but the moment you said you said it felt like an M. Night Shyamalan, I look through it again and it's you just suddenly get this weird, eerie, creepy <laughs> feeling as you're as you're it is watching, you know, everybody falling asleep. And, you know, yeah, those guys on the porch that are just sleeping there in their rocking chairs. And yeah. Yeah, it, it struck me that way with that panel where just driving through town, 
Lois has fallen asleep. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, well, it's not yeah. just that something is going on in the town, but whatever it is is bad enough that just by coming into yep. town, you're affected too. Yeah. It's and it, it I don't know. To me, the, it it kind of makes it a little bit cooler story to think of it in that frame of mind. Uh, add that to what you're seeing here. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. It it it, give, it adds a different. It adds a new level. Yeah. Yeah. To the to to the story. The only thing I didn't that kind of made me shake my head is the the fact that twice in this story he does the the nerve pinch to knock her out. It's like all right, they're starting to lean. They're they're leaning too heavily on that in this one. It's they they have to give they you know Lois is there with Clark right. So they have to be able to have Clark become Superman without Lois finding out what happens. And rather than trying to come up with some clever way of for him to leave her, it's just easier to go, eh, you're unconscious now and I can do what I want until I bring you back, you know. And they had the perfect excuse for her being unconscious right, right here in the story. Yep, exactly. Yep. But other, other than that, yeah, it's it was it was a lot of fun. fun. It's. Uh, creepy and eerie and mysterious and confusing and fast paced. It's just I'll, uh, a lot of different elements that come together to make a fun little story. Yeah. Let, let me throw this out there to uh, Billy, if you're still with us. Um, if you have access to Action uh, Issue 31, the Superman story in it, read that with M. Night Shyamalan in mind. I know you're a, you're a big horror mm-hmm. fan, and I think that would really uh, be right up your alley if you have access to the story and read it like you were reading a, a, a screenplay for a, a mid-80s M. Night uh, made-for-TV horror movie. You know, a couple hours on a, on a Saturday night is when they showed it. It, it really makes the story really cool. Yeah, even the scene where uh, Lois and Clark, they both have their gas masks on and they the, the the other car goes by and Clark can see that there's four guys in it with gas masks. Take away the fact that Lois and Clark are both wearing gas masks. That, just looking at that scene and thinking about it through that lens, I can see that in a movie where two people are just driving on the road and they see another car coming and they look and everyone in it is wearing gas masks. It's like, Oh, that's creepy as hell. Yeah. Yeah, Billy Billy uh uh Action 31. Yes, yes. sir. Yeah, it, it, that that's just <laughs> Now this one 6 months from now because of linking it to M Night Shyamalan, yeah. I'll I'll be able to remember this story. So that's Oh yeah. 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 The little boy asleep in the middle of the road, that's creepy. With with a car. It's all just totally creepy. With yeah. a car yeah. of somebody that's just driven into town. And 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 you're seeing this, you know, you don't know what's going on, but it's so bad that now this car is just yeah. going to run over this kid in the in the in the street. Yeah, and I can see that now too in the movie. These cops driving to town. We got to figure oh, out what's yeah. going. Uh, and they just <laughs> drop unconscious there at the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now everything, unfortunately, doesn't fit in that mold. I mean, there are some things. No, that they, no, 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 no. That they had to do. That it's like, well, you know, no, that wouldn't be in an M Night it's, movie, but. The setting. Yeah, but it's kind of like the setting. It's kind of like the movie um, From Dusk Till Dawn. Yes. It's, you know, it's like the first half of that movie is directed by Quentin Tarantino, and the second half of the movie is directed by Robert Rodriguez. And so you watch it, and it's almost like two different movies. Right. There's a 
like a this a kind of like a, a gangster feel at the beginning at the first half. Yeah. Ah, day right. and night, and then and yeah, and then it just gets crazy in the last half. That's kind of what we got going on here. Yeah, you know, once once we especially once we meet Murfendorf or whatever, <laughs> whatever his freaking name yeah, was, Baron, yeah, Baron Munchausen you know. or Baron, yeah. Uh, let me get to it here. The the sh- the sheriff is funny. I liked him, especially at the end when he he goes ahead and just takes credit for everything. Where's the Baron's name? Um, Munsdorf. Munsdorf. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Yeah, that's it. And and his henchman Kohlrabi, named after the vegetable. No. Yeah. <laughs> the henchman's and, and name so, was Kohlrabi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and when we uh, up until the point we meet him, we just assume. This is these are gangsters again, mm-hmm. but no, he's a foreign spy trying to get you know this formula for so he can and do nasty terrorist things. Probably, I kind of like it that they didn't pinpoint where the spy is from. Uh, he's just a foreign spy. Yeah, he doesn't have to be from yep. anywhere. He's just you know, yeah. Superman the the panel where Superman is coming up out of the floor mm-hmm. and the the professor is is he's he's on his knees. Mm-hmm. He's got wire or something With wrapped this. around his body, so his hands are tied behind his right. back. And then he's got a freaking collar around <laughs> his neck with a chain attached to the wall. That, in in a different context, it's creepy enough that Superman is climbing up out of that hole. And then you got this guy with a collar around his neck yep. chained to the wall in a purple suit. Well, yeah. you know, they, they did some um, some discussions about how to have him tied up. Uh, they talked to uh, William Moulton, uh, yeah. Moulton, you know, as to how do yep. we do this? And he's like, oh, I got you. Well, if it was Wonder Woman, this I, is what I, I would. I got you. Holy Sappho. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. So they. Yeah. And then and then he looked at it, went, well, it's not as sexy, but yeah. it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me like it did if it was Wonder Woman. Yeah. That guy, he was he was a different kind of person. Yes, he me. was. And it was reflected in. His stories. If you go back and read them, it's like, oh yeah, yep. uh, that's kind of different. <laughs> yep. One other thing to point out in this: um, one of the bad guys is bald. Again, I don't know what they have against bald people, but they're always bad guys. More often than not, if there's a bald guy in the story, he is a bad. He's the bad guy. Yep. Or one of them. Yeah. It's yeah. We had the 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 kingpin looking gangster in one of the previous stories. He was bald. Mm-hmm. You know, we got old Kolb or whatever, and this one is bald. Yeah. And also, if the scientist is bald, that's kind of a double whammy. Here, oh, yeah. you know, you're thinking, well, the scientist is bad. He He's doing something. But he's got a full head of hair. So, you know, it's not ultimately yeah. going to be him. Not only a full head of hair, a big mustache and beard. So, that should have been a double clue. This is not a bad guy. He's got too much yeah. hair. It's No, it's not going to be him. So. Um, we've mentioned it before that you and I are reading these stories in the, uh, Superman in the golden age collections. Mm Uh, this issue here of action comics ends volume two of Superman in the golden age. So that means that when next we get together, we will be starting out with volume number three. Three. Yes. I, I, and there are, are there five of them? Well, I think there might be six now. I think a sixth. Maybe recently or is about to. Okay. Um, well, Billy, this this heads for you, dog. Yeah. So there you go. 
That's that's one of the reasons I wear this is to protect that. You know, it's a, yeah. So there we go. Billy, yeah, Billy says bald is beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I I think there's no more than six though. I haven't seen anything uh, announcing a seventh volume coming out yet or anything like that. But I, I do believe I have seen a sixth yeah. either recently or will be or something like that. I have uh, <laughs> I have the five. I have the first five. Bald is not evil. And uh, so, the f- yeah. bald is not evil. That's right. That's what we're that's that's what uh, that's what Ed and I are trying to say is there uh, for some reason. There's a bias yes. in the the Schuster or Siegel household against I, bald people. I identify you as know, bald, and G- I'm G- offended. That's ultimately yeah. the takeaway. You're, are you both? Both of you are feeling triggered. I, I am. I yes. I have been triggered. Yes, makes me want to go put on a wig to, to you know blend in. Looking at my comicsology library with the the five Superman in the Golden Age collections, does your does your fifth one have a completely different trade dress and the rest of them as far as the the cover for the first three has a has a particular let me look let me look thematic template i look at four um well four has the same trade dress as the first three yeah and five yeah, and then the fifth one let's see why are you working so slowly i can never do this oh yeah it does doesn't it it's completely um yeah, no, mine. I, I have the exact same trade dress. Yeah, so they—that's weird. They change things up. I hate between when they do that for some reason. Yeah. yeah, that pisses so many collectors oh, yeah. off when they do that. Yeah, well, and especially when the spines are different well, because then they've got them all up on their shelf. I always wonder why. What? What is yeah. the? Re- what prompted you to think? Well, we need to. Why? I don't know. Billy uh, probably has that problem. Is it Billy or is it? Joe Crawford, Billy, you're the one that's collecting all the uh, black and white volumes that Mar- Marvel and DC put out, right? I believe the showcase for DC and the, um, the essentials. Yeah, the essentials for Marvel. I believe that's Billy D that's doing that. And if not Billy D, I apologize. But whomever it is between those two books, yeah. Billy D says Marvel screwed up the spines on the essentials a bunch of there times. You um, he seems very angry about that. Whoever it is that's collecting those only needs. 10 more books to have all of them between the two. That That's yeah. awesome, man. The, the books that that gives you access to is just woof. I bought, yeah. bought them when they came out for like the first couple years. And then I just, I had to get away from comics for a while and, and dropped out. But yeah, it was, they were, I thought, awesome for what they did and what they gave you, even though it was cancel Marvel. Yes. Yes. All of us get together. If we shout loud enough, They'll just continue to ignore us like they always do. Um, yeah. Essentials and, and showcase. Yeah. I wish they still did something like it's, that. Yeah. It almost feels like Marvel can't quite make up their mind how they want to collect everything that they publish because they have the essentials, mm-hmm. which, you know, black and white, cheaper paper, those those make sense. You know, you eventually get the entire Marvel collection and not have to spend as much money on it. And then you've got the masterworks which seem to be trying to do the same thing, but with better paper and in color. color. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the Epic collections, which at first glance, that's what I thought they were as well. You know, it's like, all right, you can start getting the Epic collections. You'll get all the Spider-Man books. It's just that they put them all together, but, but no, they, they, it's, it's like they pick particular storylines and put a, put them all together because there's two different Epic collections 
that deal with venom that have overlapping issues in them. That, oh, are there you know, really? like two oh, or three okay. issues that are in each each epic collection? Okay. Drives me crazy. Yeah, I do like. Oh, there's Mike Myers. I do like the epic collections. Uh, um, Comicsology. Uh, I don't. They haven't done it lately, but a couple of years back, before uh, they were really an Amazon thing. Every, especially around Christmas, man, they would do these great epic collection sales. sales where you could get like five of them for three bucks. Oh, dude. You know, okay. and oh, that's that's a lot of what I have in my comics. That's all, all the the Conan stuff I'm reading are their are their epic collections. Oh, okay. Cool beans. Hey Mike, good to see you, man. Yeah. Mike Myers. Is that you were talking about him earlier uh, in the night? I, and and I mentioned this to Mike earlier today too. Uh Mike, I, I dropped uh Rocky Mountain comic book noise on a uh, talking about some stuff earlier in the show. So that that was that that goes out to I, you, man. I, I believe that'll be on Monday's episode. Okay, yeah. Uh, Billy's collecting Conan through the epic. So there we go. Yeah, and un- unfortunately, Marvel lost the license before they could finish collecting all the all the old classic ones because there are like four. There's like four or five epic collections, but they. They don't even get come close to getting like all 275 issues or something. Well, who who has it now? Titan? No. T- Titan has it now. Um, they are. Well, Jim Zub was recently on an episode of the Chromecast and he talked about this. It's like Titan is working with the publisher that owns the rights to Conan because there's like a publisher that has the rights now to Conan, but they're working with other publishers to do novels and then titan is doing the comics for them and and uh yeah but they do have like the first collection through titan that has like the first 12 of the marvel issues i think it comes out in july or august maybe i know they have two collections coming out by the end of the year that will have at least the first 24 okay yeah mike says it's starting from the beginning um what i was going to say is that if they have the current rights, they should be able to negotiate the rights to reprint the Marvel oh, yeah. stuff. Now, in my mind, there's no reason to start from the beginning. Start from where Marvel left off. I, oh, I totally agree. And, you know, Marvel's epic collections had both the, of course, the original. They had the epic collections, Conan, the original Marvel years, but then they had the the Dark Horse. They were collecting the Dark Horse ones as well. Right. So Mike says that Marvel's got all the comics in Omnibus. So I I, oh, yeah. I guess if they have if you can get a hold of the Marvel Conan omnibuses I yeah. guess it's got all of them in there. Yeah, you'd have yeah okay. you'd have to go out and find them. They didn't finish the epics. The Omni finished, got them all. So yeah, I don't know that I ran across any of the any of the Omnibuy when I was getting them from Comicsology. Okay, uh, otherwise I I do, probably would have picked those up. Does but. Comicsology do the Omnibuy or are they too big or or something like yeah, that? Yeah, typically they do. Yeah. Yeah, what, the magazine, what is that? Yeah. Savage Sword, right? Was Savage, that the magazine? Yeah, Savage Tales was the first one. They did a handful of issues of Savage Tales, and then, yeah, Savage Savage Sword of Conan. Like almost um, 250 issues or something like that in the black yeah, and white. it's crazy. Well, not all crazy. in the magazine format because after a while they went down to the comic size, but cool beans. A lot of Conan fans out there, apparently. Well, you guys need to listen to this man's uh, Conan podcast, because if you're not aware of it, oh, way to go, Mike. Cool. Well, you've got all of everything, man. I listen to the stuff that you buy. And <laughs> you, you, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's like I see stuff. And, and the first thing I think is like, yeah, I bet Mike's got that. Oh, yeah, I bet he's got that, too. 
Um, yeah, Billy says Savage Sword is ace, waiting on Steven to start talking about them. That, that'll be a little while, won't it? Yeah, well, um, yes. They, I talked about it a couple of episodes ago, and, and hither came Conan. I missed the first episode of uh, the first issue of Savage Tales, right, but that was which came out in seventy one. That was a one off, anyways. Uh, I mean, they then, did that and they didn't do it again yeah. for like three years. I mean, so it's yes, seven, yeah, seven, nineteen seventy four is when the next one comes yeah, out. So. so it's going to be a bit before I get to him. But I, I do like uh, the um, what is it the the tower? I think I I talk about the, I think the Tower of the Elephant had an adaptation. And matter of fact, Tower of the Elephant was the first one where they did a version in Conan the Barbarian. And then a few years later, they do the, a different again? version okay. of it with, with John Buscema in the Savage Sword of Conan. So. Yeah. Um, Billy, uh, you, you probably know this because you've made references to Hither Comes Conan. Um, Mike, uh, Stephen is about six episodes in. Is that how many? I, uh, today was episode five, issue number okay. five. Conan um, the Barbarian. Where he no. is uh, talking about Conan, but what he does is he it he talks about Marvel Conan, but in addition he talks about that story if it has been if if it has shown up in other media, um, like this most recent was based on. Although Stephen wasn't able to uh, easily acquire a copy of a poem, so. He would have discussed the poem if he'd had it, in addition yeah. to the Marvel comic. He has talked about short stories in the Marvel comic. He's talked about um, that you haven't run into any Dark Horse yet, have you? Titan? What is well, it? Well, originally, Titan book? when I, Titan, uh, the only thing Titan has put out so far is the free comic book day okay. issue. Okay. Uh, issue one lands in July. Uh, but the way that, the way the podcast started, I was originally, cause I had started, I'd gotten a, uh, uh, an audio book collection of the Robert E. Howard Conan stories that were published during his lifetime. Okay. There was a couple that were published after he died. You see, so Doug, yeah, I've been really enjoying Doug, the Conan. Thank podcast. you, Doug. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Doug. That's cool, man. Yeah, thank you, Doug. Um, but the original idea was since I was listening to those stories for the first time, I'd always considered myself a Conan fan, but I read a few of the comics in the 80s. And of course, I saw the two mm -hmm. movies and Conan the Destroyer. I've probably seen like 250 times, but I was going to listen to the, the short story that Robert E. Howard wrote and then go find the, the comic book adaptations. Uh, like the, the, the first one I did was Frost, Frost Giant's right. Daughter, which was adapted by both Marvel. Um, well, it was adapted by Marvel, Dark Horse. And a blaze. Okay. So then I talked about the the adaptation. So I did that with Frost Giant's daughter, uh, the Phoenix on the Sword, and the Scarlet Citadel. Before I decided, I'm just going to start doing the, the 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 comics in order. And then, and, and when I run into, yeah, I think it was issue number three was Marvel's adaptation of the Tower of the Elephant. And so then I went ahead and read. The, the Savage Sword of Conan version and the, the, the Dark Horse version. And yeah, so that's that's kind of what I'll do for for the for the time being. So, yeah, he so basically he incorporates as many of the different uh, adaptations as he can easily get a hold of. And he talks about that story. Yeah. Now it will be as they occur going through Marvel Conan, uh, the barbarian from the beginning. So uh, really, really cool format. I, I'm I've not 
run into that kind of format, except maybe in like TV or, or movie talk podcasts where they'll go into the other media yeah. that it's in. Uh, but I don't listen to those because comic books is my thing. So comic books rule. Yeah, they're, they're, it's been fun. I've been I've, you know, the, the, the Conan stories are a lot of fun. And I I had, you know, I'd been listening to the Robert E. Howard versions and I was kind of like, well, I don't want to listen to one until I get to it in the comics. And then I thought, nah, screw that. I should be listening for the fun of it. So I'm I'm like 11 or 12 stories in on the, the Robert E. Howard stories. Okay, cool. Um, now, if I want to read along, uh, do I just assume that each week is going to be the next uh, Conan issue? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I'll be doing. Yeah. So this today was uh, issue number five. five. Okay. Do issue six next time. Yeah. So I'll just be going. Uh, and, you know, for the time being, uh, I, I don't have all of the Conan issues. I've got whatever it was that Mike said. The epic. The epic collections that they have out. That's that's what I have right, right. now. So. Okay. Okay. Um, let's finish up the Superman here before we all right, let's get do going it. too much more. Um as far as all of you Superman fans out there, uh, thank you for listening to the Conan portion of the episode. Um, the Superman fans, though, we do want to thank you for listening. And until next week on this, the Superman Super Show, not Hither Come Conan, which is another show. Uh, I'm Ed. That's Steven. And this, uh, as we tried, has been the Superman Super Show. Ciao. Bye. Yeah, we, we need to... Oh get uh titan and dc to do a superman conan crossover then we could cross over the podcast uh, there you go you've been listening to the superman super show questions and comments can be directed to the superman super show at gmail.com you can follow the show on twitter under the handle at soups super show that's at s-u-p-s super show and continue the conversation at the Super Show Forum at forums.justanotherfanboy.com. We also encourage you to rate the show wherever available and share this podcast with a friend. All links will be in the show notes. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. Freaks come out. <laughs> Freaks come out. Um, you know um, everything has a song lyric everything at this point in my life everything is a song lyric well you know it's i tried to explain it in a tweet but you can't really explain stuff very well in a tweet but you know if you've listened to any of my shows in the last month or so you notice a lot of sound bites that i've been including and it's just because of the way my head is when i'm recording or i'm editing it I will hear something or say something that just automatically makes me think of some something out of the movie. And so I've just started putting them in there because that's the way my okay. mind thinks, you know, it's, that's what's happening up here. So I just want to torture everybody else with it. Uh, I see. But there was a, there's a show on, I don't know. I don't know if it's still there. There's a show on Netflix called um, the evolution of hip hop. Freaks come out at night. Made me think of that. And like, okay. <clears throat> they take you from the beginnings of, of how hip hop came to be and take you to modern times. But, there was an episode <clears throat> that blew my mind when I found out that, uh, you know, because basically it started with this guy in Brooklyn who had two turntables and he would host these parties and he would play like uh, the, the break beat, the break part of a certain song. He'd play it on one record and then play it again on the other record to extend it. 
you didn't have a fader yet. So it, it wasn't like a smooth okay. transition, but then right. people would start dancing because the, the breaks of these songs apparently were better than the rest of the song. So he would isolate that. People would start dancing to him and they called it break dancing. <laughs> Just blew okay. me away. Yep. Like I was, you know, in my mid forties when I learned that. Yep. It, it had to start, you know, it had to come yep. up somewhere. It's, you know, it, it, I just, it's I not never, one of these things it's always been, but. Yeah. So I never quite, well, I wonder why they call it break dancing. Break I never dancing. even thought about it. Yeah. I always assumed it was because of the break in the movements where it looks yeah. like the body is broken. Yeah. They're popping and locking. Yep. Yeah. It's just, it was really interesting when they, they, cause they go through the whole, once somebody kind of discovered, uh, like Grandmaster Flash kind of discovered how to, to, uh, he would mark a certain area of the record with a crayon. So when he would switch back and forth between, you know, he'd play the beat on one record and then go to the other record to continue the beat and hit that fader in between. So it was a smooth, just felt like one beat, but he would know when he would start the beat on the one record, he'd go to the other record and he had to, you know, you'd have to pull the other record, pull the record back to the beginning of the beat. How far to go. Like, right. How do you okay. do that? Yeah. And it's, he would, he would mark it with the crayon. How do you, how do you know to now the the one thing I do know is that um Blondie apparently is given the go ahead for the first uh rap song yeah. in the song that we have heard and the title isn't coming to mind but yeah rapture yeah had a yeah. fab so, five Freddy in it yeah so I think she is legitimately given credit or or they uh, oh, yeah. I know it's a band but Given credit for the first rap song. To unhook stuff. They're looking at, we got another batch of kittens this year. So they're, oh. you know, we, we tried to get. Congrats. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we tried to get, you know, we, we managed to get three of them fixed, you know, catch them up and get them into the humane society and get them fixed and have them released back out. But didn't get them all because we got another batch of kittens. But yeah, they're freaking adorable. Uh, kittens usually are puppies, yeah. kittens, you know. Baby rabbits. Yeah. All right. You ready to go for the final? We're going to, we're going to start recording the last episode now. Okay. She wants us to wait just a minute. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, we, uh, we've named one of the kittens honey badger because, okay. uh, she, she, don't uh, give a shit? she just doesn't, she's, she's the bravest of all of them. Basically. It's like we, I think the, when we first saw him out there, um, and we're looking at him through the window, once they all noticed, they all just scattered, but the one, she just stared at us, stared us down. There and then, you go. Uh, you know, we have Socks, who is a tuxedo cat. She's one of the ones that we brought in. Well, there's a, a, a kitten out there that is a tuxedo cat, but it's gray with white. And it's- Oh, cool. It's okay. very beautiful looking. And we call her Hopper because she hops. <laughs> okay. There you go. Did you try to pick one up? <laughs> she always has to try to pick them up and then they just, <laughs> yeah. yep, they freak out. Yeah. Yeah. They're little demons. Salty. All right. <clears throat> Grab her stuff. We'll be ready to go. Okay. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I will go out there and I'll just sit on the porch and just sit, not do anything. And eventually they'll kind of come out and they'll right. play around and I'll get my phone out and I'll get them on video and show Karen's wife's like, why do, why do they always, seem to be okay around you. And it's like, cause I'm not trying to pick them up all the time. That, that's right. Cause you're just, yeah. 
my daughter just told me, don't buy anything for yourself for a while. And it's like, this is the last time I bought anything for myself. Right. That that way you don't interfere with, yeah, I, I get that command close to my birthday and close to Christmas. You know, you, you need to quit buying now. It's like, right. okay. Yeah. Which I don't quit buying. I just buy stuff that only I know about. And that way yeah. it's safe. But yeah. Well, my, my youngest daughter ran into that. Recently, she bought a, a record for her for her friend, and before she had a chance to give it to her, her friend like texts her and says, "Oh, I just bought this record. I just found it." And she was like, "Oh, you dare, go take it back!" You know? Yeah. All right, I'm ready to go. All right, let's see. Mm. <sighs> Superman's bad. <laughs> <laughs>